Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to consider how to start an HR consulting business. My guest today is Ben Gagan. Ben spent much of his career as an HR professional and now focuses on helping consultancies in the HR industry to grow faster and more predictably. Ben is the host of the podcast, A Better HR Business, and is the founder of the HR industry marketing agency and training company, GetMoreHRClients.com. Are you wondering how to help your teams reach peak performance in 2021? Find out this February 24th at the IntelliHR Performance Summit, the science of high-performing business, and hear how top leaders, including the Toronto Raptors' Teresa Rush, build successful teams. Get your free tickets for this online event at IntelliHR.co forward slash Performance Summit 2021. And bring your CEO too. They'll love it. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me along. Listeners, this is actually going to be kind of a first part of a, of a two-part conversation that, that Ben and I have are going to be having uh, this one's going to be on the hr chat show and then we're going to take this conversation over to a, a better hr business later on in in 2021 yeah. i'm always a much better host than i'm a guest ben just just to warn you oh uh, bill i have um, to say a podcast is is like interviewing job interviewing it's it's a lot more fun when you're asking the questions isn't it absolutely it is 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. and on that note let me get into the questions i'm gonna yeah, ask you yeah. <laughs> uh, firstly why don't you start by telling our listeners a bit about yourself and, and your career background yeah sure um fairly sort of standard hr career that's what i studied at university or college went into a big corporate graduate hr program um, for about three years in the biggest company in australia where i'm from um, and that was wonderful because it, got, it moved me around every year into different functions, locations, business types, all sorts of things. Uh, and Australia is a pretty big place. So I got to see a lot of it, which was great. Thanks to them. Um, and then, yeah, into HR management roles, later transitioning in, into forming uh, an HR consulting business. So hence some of the sub- stuff we're talking about today. Um, uh, and the reason I'm in Ireland is, A, I have an Irish wife. And B is a friend of mine was setting up a tech firm and asked me to set up the HR function and also the inbound marketing function uh, for this brand new firm. So it was about, I don't know, five people. And then we pretty quickly grew it to about 200 and it was just a wild ride. So it's, um, I've got an interesting mix of HR and marketing and I have a passion for both. And I'm guessing uh, reason C is because the weather in Ireland is so much better than Australia. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I play a lot of <laughs> five-a-side soccer. Uh, and sometimes when there's snow underfoot, I just wonder what I'm doing. And uh, I do appreciate you using the term soccer there, as most of our audience <laughs> are in the US and in Canada. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me a bit about uh, getmorehrclients.com. What, what is it and, and what do you do? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a wonderfully creative name. I have to give myself credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's coming from an HR background, uh, it's a focus that has two services, really. Um, we provide services for HR consulting firms and recruitment firms in marketing side. And on the other side is uh, training and coaching for people who are generally at the smaller end, either starting up, about to start up, or a couple of years in as a solo consultant, something like that. And so we run boot camps and then sales training, a few other bits and pieces for them. So it's an, uh, a good mix. Uh, it keeps me in the HR industry and... Um, yeah, I just love seeing what's going on, helping them grow and uh, acquire new clients. And the reason 
obviously it's important for them to grow their business and stuff, but the companies that we work with, and, and I know the companies you talk to on your, on your podcast, they're people, they're businesses that are making a difference and actually improving the lives of employees, of business owners, of, of corporations to make play, work a, a more interesting place, a more productive place, uh, all sorts of things. So I, I just love having an impact in an indirect way as well. What, what do you think you bring additionally to essentially kind of a marketing firm, I, I guess, is, is what you could you could label it as, mm. given that you've got an HR background? What, what extra mm. skills, what extra perspective do you have than, than, than others out there who are you know purely marketers for HR? I have, I've been through it all, for one thing. So on the HR side, I, I mentioned I did a, a university program or course in, in HR and industrial relations. Um, in the middle of that time, so I think it was my second, going into third year, I did a summer vacation work, we call it, three months, and it was out in the desert, right? So Australia's a pretty remote place. Then find an even more remote place within that, and that's where I was, hot and sunny and 40 degrees all day. Um but at the end of that summer, all the, the students got together in, in a pub and had a bit of a, a laugh. And But this guy was going around giving certificates, you know, made-up events and that, just having a laugh generally. But I was given the HR Absolutely Effing Useless Job Award certificate because everyone else was an engineer or a surveyor or a chemical engineer, et cetera. Um, I was the only HR guy and, you know, I had to stand strong for the HR function. But I showed that to my boss afterwards. I said, look at this certificate. He goes, absolutely, we have to be always demonstrating business value and it's not just about well we're people loving folks and all that sort of stuff uh so right through my career I've, I've gone through situations and stories and things like that where i can talk the talk and understand what hr businesses are going through and secondly to all of that on the hr consulting side so i formed a business in the hr consulting industry um so i'd gone from a uh, a corporate role setting up and when you start out, it's it's a lonely affair. You're, you're sitting in an empty room and the phone's not ringing, all this sort of stuff. I spent thousands on an expensive website, for example, uh, which brought in no clients because at that stage I had no idea about marketing. Um, so I love to, to take some of the mistakes and the things that I've learned on my own journey and also from clients and, and businesses that we coach, pull it all together uh, and wrap it up. So if you, for instance, you take an example, these days everyone is on LinkedIn and it's just so crowded, especially since COVID, you know, everyone's on their online trying to raise their profile, et cetera. Um, but there's a lot of generic content, generic um, subject matter. And when people on our consulting courses and things like that ask, uh, you know, what kind of content should I talk about? Can I talk about how to manage a remote workforce? It's a pretty generic topic. Is Is there an angle you can take or can you narrowed in to a specific industry, whatever it may be. But the point is I use some of the lessons I've learned over time to help them determine how to market their business best so they can win more clients and grow their own business. Now then, I, I noticed that uh, you, you ran an online conference uh, around about this time last year. Uh, listeners of, of this show will be familiar with um uh, the fact that I'm, I'm terribly self-promotional about the events that I run with a chap <laughs> called Rob Catalano called Innovate Work. Um, and, and I know I know all of the efforts that goes into uh, running events, whether in person or, or online. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a big undertaking. Mm. Your, your event was called the, the HR Consultants Online Conference. Um, what was that all about and, and how did it go? Yeah, well, so I know you get involved in, in so many events and, and I, we must be crazy, right, to do these things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so about 40 speakers, a 1,000 attendees around the world and it was 
purely focused on helping consultants in the HR industry to grow their businesses. There's a lot of um, HR content for in-house people, but very little on independence or small firms, things like that, on how they can actually grow their business. So had a nice range of um, sessions where we were looking at uh, some HR tech firms looking for referral partners because that's an, an opportunity to grow revenue for a consultant. Uh, so rather than just go in, do work for time, and bill and leave again, um, you can offer a, an ongoing service through the various different HR tech uh, options and then take either a referral commission, something like that from that. Then we had lots of um, speakers from consulting firms where they shared their story of how they started and what their lessons were, their advice to others. And I think that just had such huge impact. And then finally, there was the marketing and business growth section where you had lots of experts in different areas, whether that's LinkedIn ads or Google AdWords or referral marketing, all this kind of stuff, giving their advice and uh, expertise, sharing it freely with people so that they could use it for their own uh, HR consultancy. And when I say HR, I mean, you know, the full range, whether that's employee engagement, um, diversity and inclusion, general HR recruitment, etc. So, yeah, it was a wonderful event, and people really loved it. And um, uh, it's I I was doing it before the cool, I must say, you know, <laughs> before COVID hit. But um, I think we'll do another one at some point. But yeah, it's I'd encourage people to try and take advantage of some of these sort of conferences while they're out there, and particularly while they're either free or at low cost, because it's such a great way to learn. Yeah, I, I can't claim that. Uh, we were all about in-person events at Innovate Work until until COVID hit, and then and then we we moved online. Um, but it's important to continue to engage and build your communities. Uh, however, and nothing beats in person. Yeah, I mean, they're wonderful yeah. where you're networking and, and you can ask the questions. And so yeah, hopefully we get that back soon. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers mm. crossed. At, at the moment, we're living through twenty twenty two point oh, as somebody said to me. Yesterday. <laughs> um, what a year. <laughs> okay, so um, I am, and I'm sure you're the same. I, I know a bunch of uh, HR leaders who either perhaps they've been laid off, or they, they, they've taken they've taken the, the opportunity that's been forced upon them over the last twelve months to to reassess their careers, and, and they've they've moved into uh, an independent role and in, into an HR consultancy role, and, and you run coaching programs about starting and growing mm. an HR consultancy. You, you podcast about it. You work with lots of consultancies within the HR space. What advice do you have for, for people listening who, who might be in an in-house corporate HR role or perhaps have recently left one and are thinking about going out there on their own now and starting their own HR consultancy? Yeah, nice. Really, I'd probably split that into two areas. So if you're in an currently in an in-house role in a corporation, which the vast majority of people who become consultants, that's what the situation is. They're in a large firm as the HR vice president or an HR manager, who knows. Uh, And for those sort of people, I typically would suggest start by finding your why, you know, the Simon Sinek talk, determine what your preferred style of business is, what you want to do and why you want to do it. Um, Because for instance, when we run the coaching programs, we ask, what do you want? How do you want to structure it? Some people want the big fancy office with lots of staff. Others want to just work a few days a week um, because they've got I don't know, HR mining or they've got other things on, um, It's you know, et cetera. So it's determined what you want, what's your preferred style of business, and then how you're going to shape the business around that desire, if you like. Then you need to be creating a lean startup HR consultancy business plan. So 
what that means is don't go and write the 50 to 70 page business plan because people do that and it just gathers dust instantly. What you want is you can, you can just do a simple one page plan, which works out what are your target markets, what's your business model, uh, competition, those sort of things. And keep it lightweight because you are going to adjust it. There's guaranteed you will make changes to your business. We, we see the, the huge corporations change their business models and things all the time. So it's far more likely that you will adjust your business as you go. Uh, and part of that is you're going to decide on some of the legal structure um, uh, in terms of how you frame the business and what stage you change into different corporation structures, that sort of thing. Um, plan your cash flow. That's a big one. So if you've uh, you haven't left your business, uh, you haven't even left your employment. That's a big one. So where you work right now, you're getting a monthly paycheck. You don't have to do anything about it. You just check your bank account, and there it is. That doesn't happen anymore when you're running your own business. You you do your work. You might invoice, and then Mary in the accounts department moves or goes on holiday, so she misses the invoice, and then the following month they decide to pay it. That kind of stuff. So you really need to plan the cash flow and that work that can be handled by saving money, uh, finding different sources of income, whether that's rental or uh, HR related stuff. So producing products, running training courses, all sorts of things. There's a a wide range of options there, but you need to plan for that. Start building a network now is is the next big step, I would say. Um, The vast majority of small to mid consulting firms, they're, first group or batch of clients always comes from referrals and a couple of other sources, but referral, your network is just so powerful. Later as you grow, you're going to be running, I don't know, webinars or writing emails, or as I said, getting out there on LinkedIn and promoting your business. But without uh, leveraging that network first, you you will have a, a much slower take up. I know that was the same for my business and, and uh, I would put it at a very high percentage of other businesses that, um, they launch and grow via the network. So start building that now. Don't just wait for the day that you walk out the door. Um, And then it's getting into building a lean startup sales marketing plan for your HR consulting business. And that's, you've got so many options. So that's where you're looking at how are you going to have a model that uh, slowly scales up your client attraction, whether that's content marketing or email or running webinars or Google ads or Facebook ads. You've got all of, all of these different options and they do depend on you know, your target market, your business type, et cetera. But it also depends on you and your own style. So we have people who are very, very shy and you will never ever catch them making a video or going on a podcast and things like that, but they write wonderful content and people love that. Whereas you've got others showboats like me here talking on a podcast, you know, so um, there are so many different options, but it's don't do everything. Typically, I would say, look, choose a fast and slow method. Fast being, you know, it, it works quickly. You may need to pay for it or leverage it quickly. And then the slow being, for instance, content where you're going to uh, add incrementally new content that attracts your audience and builds and uh, builds up the interest, nurtures the lead and so on until they're ready to take action and work with your business. Uh, and then finally, I'd say start building your online presence now. Um that particularly with LinkedIn, you've got to start getting out there and, and getting visible. If you're on the other side where you've been forced out, you know, COVID has um, meant you've lost your job or whatever it may be. Some of these things, you don't have that the option around planning for the cash flow and things like that. But you need to, uh, I think, quite quickly work out the uh, 
lean startup sales and marketing plan. So work out what are you going to do to get the word out there. Um, and again, the fast and slow methods. And there are, as I said, many options for you. Um, some would be producing content that can be sold when you're not there, such as training courses, uh, reports, all that sort of stuff. And then also looking at how you're packaging your services. So typically, we, we're used to just long projects that get invoiced at I don't know, hours spent or monthly rates and things like that. Can you slice and dice that into more discrete packages of work that you can just sell uh, potentially some of them even off the shelf. People don't like talking about off the shelf, but uh, it is an option for you as well. So sorry, Bill, I've gone on there, but there's there are steps to follow for sure. Um, but I think some of it is either if you're in your role, plan it out, start the work now um, so you're ready. And then if you're not in an in-house role, it's all about taking action and looking at new ways to scale up quickly. Okay, so there there are folk out there listening to this show today who are maybe thinking about taking that leap and becoming an independent, becoming a consultant. Um, you, you've been there, you've done it, right? You've started your own business. Mm. Um, me, me too. And uh, it is scary, <laughs> that's for mm. sure. Um, but I, I would strongly suggest that the benefits for one's lifestyle and uh, revenue and the rest of it uh, can definitely be worth it. Is now is now actually the right time to do that, Ben? Is, is it really competitive out there at the moment because so many people are either being laid off or th- th- there are not as many job opportunities perhaps as they were twelve months ago? Or, or actually, you know what? There is no good time to do it, and you yeah. should make the leap, providing you've got your your, your ducks in a row, so to speak. Uh, in an ideal world, if you're planning to leave and start your own business, and this does happen, it doesn't happen enough, or people don't think about it, but try and get a contract. Uh, project work from your existing employer it actually happens uh, where you can talk with your current boss and say look down the line I'm planning to start my own thing I'd love to do it I've always wanted to do it one day what do you think you know you're not you're not threatening to walk out the door or anything like that you may find that they will actually go oh well I'll back you if you've got a good solid relationship I've seen this with plenty of the the, uh, new consultants that we've coached and this happens that's an example of where you don't just need to take that blind leap of faith you can have a plan in place, but build to your question about, yeah, is this the right time? Yeah, it, it, it's never a good or bad time. I think on the flip side, the job market is crazy too, isn't it? Hey, seeing stories all over the place of hundreds of applicants and not getting a single reply back from the company you've applied to, you know, which is pretty de- downheartening and disheartening. Sorry. Um, but if you can work out, well, what are ways of, of producing income quickly while I build up the consulting side of things. So is that products and things like that? Or can I do smaller projects? Like the classic example, for instance, that we see with many startup consulting businesses is they, uh, this is the number one here, by the way, is the employee handbook, you know, the policies and procedures for a SME business, small to medium business. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write employee handbooks and and deliver them to the clients. they they're not lucrative in their on their own um, but they then can lead to other projects such as well now you've got your employee handbook you're going to get need to get every employee to sign it and how are you going to do that you can't just give it to them and expect them to sign it and hand it back within five minutes you probably need to talk them through it so we can run implementation sessions now that everyone's had the coaching and implementation on the employee handbooks i've noticed that you've got quite high turnover because by this stage, you understand the business really well because you've been speaking with every single person or every leader, et cetera. So 
would you like me to run a leadership session where we focus on what the causes of the employee turnover and how we fix? You see where I'm going. It can be a ladder of of related services. Um, but if you don't step back and think, well, what do I offer uh, and for whom and then how am I going to deliver that, it will it'll not be a great story to tell at the end of it all. Um, if I'm to give people listening some advice, the number one mistake I see make, people making in their um, new HR consulting business is they're so generic. Um, do you, where are, in North America, do you have the Where's Wally books? Uh, yeah, although I think it's Where's Waldo. Where's Waldo? Yeah, sorry, Waldo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the picture and there's this colours everywhere and a crazy scene of all kinds of stuff, but hidden away is, is a Wald, Waldo, a little figure there in his stripy jumper or um, sweater or whatever. Um, very hard to see. That is your typical brand new HR consulting firm, right? You're just lost in this sure, sea of, yeah. of sameness. Yeah. Um, and there are so many ways you can slice and dice that. The most common is by industry. So if you've worked for 10 years in financial services, then it makes sense to have an, a financial services slant to your business, for example. Or perhaps you focus on a core area. So um, one of the per- people I interviewed on my podcast was um, they specialize in uh, in harassment, bullying and harassment, you know, prevention of that and how you fix that a broken culture. Others deal purely with uh, employee uh, turnover. Others deal with employee engagement. Uh, then you've got redundancy management. But my point is, is if you tr- need to think about how can you narrow it down your focus and people always panic about, well, if I narrow down my focus, I'm going to miss out on all the other good stuff out there, all the other clients. It's, it's not how it works. You want to look so appealing to your ideal audience. So if you think of that, where's Waldo book? Somewhere in there, there's a little guy and you can't really see him. Imagine if the entire page is just a picture of him in a bright yellow shirt. You know, that's what you want to be to your ideal clients. And until you work out your positioning and your ideal clients, you won't stand out to them. You know, I listed the fact that there are so many marketing opportunities, whether there's articles or webinars or posts on LinkedIn. But what are you going to write about and for whom? When you work out who your ideal audience is, uh, what are their common problems, uh, because every industry is different. What are their issues and concerns and so on? Then you can zoom in on that and talk to those things in the method uh, and mode that you want to talk about. I like the fact that you said put them in a yellow shirt. That's the color of my soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I approve of that. Um, okay, now you're also, because you do so many different things, Ben, you're also uh, one of the managers of um, of Linked HR. Uh, oh, yeah. Now for, for, for those listeners out there who haven't heard of it, and I can't believe there are any, um, it, it's got over 1 million members and it's the largest professional group on LinkedIn. Can you just take uh, 60 seconds or less now to tell our listeners a bit about that group and, and why they should join? I'm just a volunteer mentor of that group, but it's, as you say, it's a huge area and they've got lots of subgroups uh, by geography and then by topics. So you've got your big five psych side of things and there's recruitment, etc. So you can do some great networking. There's a big focus these days on just text only posts. So it's not about going and throwing an interesting link and hoping someone clicks away. Uh, so I know the group is is focused very much on let's get conversations started. So you've got, I don't know, a, a difficult manager that you're trying to turn around so you can Im- implement some sort of new change initiative. How, how do you get this person to get on your side? What's some advice? And people will dive in with how they fix that problem, for instance, or you know, people ask about financial issues around redundancy payments or whatever it may be. There's a lot of that sort of discussion. So get in there and have um, a chat, uh, throw your 
issues in there and also share your ideas and learnings and so on. Uh, and it, the the two main leaders of the groups, they're uh, professors at uh, US colleges and they have just a wealth of knowledge that they share regularly, whether it's in videos and webinars as, as well. So it's a little bit different to your typical group where it's just common theme going and chat. There's a lot of good stuff happening there. Okay. And just finally for today, Ben, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about all of the awesome things happening over get more hr clients yeah thanks for asking uh yeah so the easiest is getmorehrclients.com and they're on the website there you'll find the podcast in case you want to hear my wonderful aussie, aussie accent again you know um and then you've got the blog where we share you know lots of content and so on um, and the newsletter is a private briefing where we just share tips and ideas and things like that um, and of course I'm out there on LinkedIn, but you'll see the links on the website. So it'd be great to see people visiting the site. And I, I just want to add actually, uh, listeners before, before we do wrap up for today, um, Ben's an awesome resource. Uh, it was, it was just a few months back that he reached out to me and made some suggestions about folk that I could reach out to, to get, to get featured on, on the HR Gazette and, and, uh, the HR chat show. And, um, you know, it, it, it's people like Ben who have that kind of mentality to help other people that um, I just really appreciate. So I just want to say to you in front of all of our listeners today, Ben, th thank you so much for doing what you do and, and the way that you do it. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate that. Didn't, <laughs> didn't realize, but yeah, thank you. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, listeners, as always, happy working and stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 